If her heart rate and the baby's heart rate doesn't go up, it's going to be a C-section. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What was life like for you before you became pregnant? Were you pretty much the same person then as you are now, or have you changed drastically? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 207 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we'll be speaking with Gabrielle, a precious mother who has truly been pulled from death to life. From addiction to heavy narcotics and homelessness to being pulled out and called into life through Jesus. This story is unbelievably powerful and I am so thrilled that Gabrielle's heart desires to share how she has been forever reborn. Now, before we jump into this mind-blowing episode, I wanted to take just a quick second to announce that applications for the Home Birth Collective are once again open. These are applications for our January through March of 2023 cohort. I cannot believe that we're jumping into 2023, but here we go. This cohort is going to be incredible. Already from the waitlist, the moms who are joining it's just a phenomenal group of mothers, so aligned, so desiring the same things. And that is to not only walk into birth feeling prepared, but to walk into and to step into motherhood, feeling confident, feeling courageous, feeling like we know who we are. We're not surprised by the person that we meet on the other side. It's all about taking this time to really ready ourselves for this massive rite of passage, this massive transformation. That is what we do inside of the Home Birth Collective. It is not your traditional childbirth education class. Far from it. When typically, you know, classes are focusing on coping techniques and relieving pain, while we do talk about that, our focus is on heart work, on mindset changing on these huge topics like boundaries, the nervous system, postpartum, yes, physiological birth, yes, coping tools, but so much more than that so that we can truly connect with ourselves, connect with our babies, connect spiritually, connect with our spouse. I mean, this is such a rich period of time in our lives, and I want us to step into motherhood, whether for the first, for the 15th time, I don't care, feeling so strong and so confident. And that's what we work on inside of the Home Birth Collective. So if that sounds up your alley, then make sure you go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective and go ahead and fill that application out. If you'd like more information, then be sure you're following along on Instagram over the coming weeks. I will be going live a good bit uh, Monday night, so that's when this airs, that night at 7, and then again Tuesday night, the next night, uh, 7 o'clock, and we are going to be talking about some of these key issues that maybe get overlooked when we're just focusing on kind of getting through labor. Uh, So make sure that you are following Happy Home Birth Podcast on Instagram. And like I said, myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective is where you can find that application. Alrighty, enough about that. I'm just so, so excited. (laughs) But now I'm going to turn my excitement to this incredible interview with Gabrielle. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And this show is not medical advice. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Gabrielle, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. And you have such a powerful and encouraging story for us today. I am so grateful that you were willing to come on and share and so excited to do so. Um, And I think this is just going to be massively beneficial in in so many ways. Um, So before we jump into all of that, would you just give us just a quick introduction of who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Gabrielle, and 
I'm a wife. I'm a mother of two. I got Grace. She is two years old. And Amelia, she's four months almost. And also, I am a bonus mama. I, I have three stepchildren. And uh, so, yep, <laughs> I'm a homemaker. So I, I work in the home. I raise the kids. And I just have a love and a passion for all things birth, holistic living, and really just um, serving God in our daily life and building his kingdom. Mm, that is incredible. Now, I want to talk about your story. You, What stood out to me was your very clear willingness to share the massive transformation that has happened in your life. Um, and I know that, it, you know, based off of our back and forth, you completely like say this was all the Lord. Um, so I want us to have this beautiful backdrop as we go into your birth story. So would you tell us um, where you were four years ago, what was happening mm -hmm. and, and, and how it all unfolded? Yeah, absolutely. So um I was, I, I struggled with addiction. I was a drug addict and my husband as well. Um, at the time we weren't married, but um, so I was a severe addict and uh, addicted to have, heavy narcotics and I was homeless in Detroit. I stayed in and out of abandoned buildings, um, in and out of jail for years, overdoses, had nothing. And um, I was completely broken. My family, everyone had given up on me. And um, God's grace was completely bestowed upon me. And he called me out of that. And I did not know Jesus before, and neither did my husband. And he completely just called us out and chose us. And his grace was just so beautiful. And we've just been like serving him and living for him ever since. And it's been a complete miracle. And that's where this all starts and unfolds. <laughs> wow. And it's, that's unbelievable. Like that's so amazing. Would you give us some details of like what, what that was like? Like how, how were you living versus like when you feel like you felt Jesus's presence? Like what, what was it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like when, like the, when did it happen or how did it go? Um, yeah, yeah. How, how did you know? How did it unfold? Yeah. So I was in a rehab and this was like my ninth rehab guys. I'm, I'm almost 30. This is my ninth rehab. And I, a preacher came in, he had a Bible and I was just so desperate. And he was like, we're doing this like Sunday service. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, and I was in complete rebellion to God. I hated God. And I thought Christians were silly and all that stuff. So, but I was desperate and I went and he gave me a Bible and he read first um, Peter five, eight, I believe it is. And it's the uh, be sober, be, be vigilant. Um, the adversary is roaring around like a lion waiting to devour you. And instantly I was like, that's true. I was like, this is true. I took that Bible. I started reading it every day. I was reading in the Psalms and reading his word. And it just came alive to me and it, and it spoke to me and, and the Holy Spirit worked through the scriptures, you know, and it, and it just completely, I was like, I need to know who Christ is and I want to live for him. And, and I love him. And he just completely restored me. It was just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so you said that, so your husband now, uh, boyfriend at the time, he, he was on board too. Like how, how did that happen? Yeah. So actually he was, um, so I was at this rehab and he was like trying to figure it out on his own, like at home at the apartment we had at the time. And, and I'm surprised we still had the apartment. Like it got battery rammed door down with the cops. Like they broke in everything, just completely. We lost everything. And, but he was there and, um, I went to him after rehab and everyone was done with us. Like they were like, these two are crazy. Like if they're still going to try to get together. But I, I went over there and I had the Bible and he seen me reading it and he was like, you have the Bible? Cause that was just crazy to us. You know, we were like, what? We've never done that. And and he started reading it too. And then we started looking around and, and just reading God's word and trying to find a fellowship. And yeah. It's just amazing. 
yes. to go from no, nothing, no connection. I mean, and you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, you know, there are, there are so many people who are brought up in the church and maybe have like this base layer understanding, but there's not like a level of depth of understanding. You know, there's not like this deep soul connection. Um, but when you have been through it, like it sounds like you have been through it, like when you feel at your most broken, <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. that's when, oh no, this, this is everything. Like this means everything to me mm-hmm. now. Absolutely. Yep. That's what it was. Wow. But it's, that's incredible. I really appreciate your story, Gabrielle. It's, I don't know, it's really special and really powerful to just hear someone who's willing to, to share just the, the depth of it. Um, I know that it, even though I grew, I grew up in church, um, but then completely rebelled and made just like horrid mistake after horrid mistake. Um, Mm -hmm. and so then, you know, when I finally, like, I was going to church to, to my husband's church and I was like telling, (laughs) telling the Bible study Mm -hmm. ladies, like, listen, I'd love to believe this. I don't like, I don't believe any Mm -hmm. of this. Um, and I had all of these women praying for me. And finally, like, finally, I, the the Holy spirit, it was one night I was actually doing a fast, like a spiritual fast. And I felt the Holy spirit come down and I felt like my heart was on fire and it was the craziest feeling in the world. Um, and I didn't even know like the story of Pentecost (laughs) at that point. And like, you know, the Holy spirit was like visibly seen as fire over, over their heads. Mm -hmm. And so then like learning about that later made it just like all like far more powerful, but I do feel like it's that brokenness that makes you realize how deeply like, Oh, Oh, I need a savior. (laughs) Oh, I, I definitely need this. I know that I need this. Um, and I just, I think it's really helpful to hear those stories. And so you being so gracious enough to share that with us is just what a blessing. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, his grace is sufficient for us. It, it's made perfect in weakness, and he changes our heart completely, and we're born of the Spirit. Yeah, that's beautiful, though, what that experience you had, too. <laughs> I was very grateful. for. Like, I I was asking, probably obnoxiously so, like, asking for a <laughs> very physical sign. Like, I just wanted to know that this was true and this was real. And then when it happened, it was like, oh, this is it. That was it. And yep. I remember I was lying in bed uh, when it happened and I like started like laughing and crying like all at mm-hmm. the same time. And then the next morning uh, I wanted to tell my husband about it, but I was like, am I crazy? Like this sounds so silly. <laughs> yeah. And when, when I told him about it, he was like, oh, what time did that happen? And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm really not sure. And he was like, it's just interesting because I remember like I felt this really amazing warmth on my back at one point last night. And it was just like, oh my gosh, that's how it happens. I tell you, (laughs) that's amazing. Oh, so cool. Well, so now your life has changed, like completely dead alive now. And, and it starts becoming like very visible. So what happened after this change? Yep. So, um, you know, we're just hungry for his word and reading it and just trying to biblically live. You know, our families are pretty like dysfunctional and broken apart. And um, the first thing we did, we're like, we have to get married. (laughs) We want to get married and start a family. And, you know, that we are seeking his will. And that's uh, we got married in October of 2019. And three months later, I got pregnant with Grace. Wow. And so you get married, you decide to start a family. It sounds like there was so much instability before this. How did the stability come about? Like, what did it look like? Like, were you, I know you became a homemaker, but you were able to just like, it was just a huge shift. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is. And that's why all I keep like, like hearing seen is like his grace. Like literally it's, it's a gift that was given to us, not of my own merit, not because 
I did something special or anything like it because I knew nothing. I knew nothing about homemaking, nothing about marriage, nothing about being a wife or being a woman, biblical woman, nothing. It, it So this was all, I'm telling you, just like we were just seeking God on everything and, and praying so hard and reading his word so hard and just committing so much to him because we were so empty. And so little by little, it was like being built. You know, we got this apartment when we were literally in a motel for like two days and, you know, almost had like no money. And we're like, what are you going to do? So we got, we found this apartment and, you know, and then it started from there. Now we had a home, you know? Um, And yeah. Wow. So, okay. So that pregnancy, you became pregnant. What what was that like? How did your, what kind of decisions did you make in that pregnancy in terms of care? Yeah, absolutely. So I I got pregnant with Grace and funny thing is um, my mom, when I was younger, I, I knew nothing about pregnancy birth, but I remember my mom saying like, it's the worst thing ever. Birth is terrible. It's the most painful, terrible thing you'll basically ever experience. And I remember her saying that, but when I was pregnant, I didn't believe it. I knew I was like, that ain't right. <laughs> and, you know, I had this discernment that God like was giving me and my husband too. And um, so we were praying, we were praying and we're like, Lord, where do you want us to have this baby? Like, I just did not, I wanted to follow his will. That was my ultimate desire. I wanted to have a birth to glorify him. And, um, so we were praying and, you know, we had like the discernment too about the medical field and like how they view birth and pregnancy and okay, it's more like a illness and a sickness and, um, you know, stuff like that, that terrified me. I was like, I, I just don't mesh with that. You know, um, it's a normal event and there's beauty in it, you know, and, and then everything, we're doing our research, you know, and everything that the, the hospital does most of the time, you know, I just had so much anxiety and fear about. They say, do it this way, you'll be safe. But the way they want to do it and control it makes me the most fearful. And you know what I'm saying? And so we're doing research and just um, the way that it's medicalized birth and let's artificially stimulate birth and surgically remove the baby and not give you food and not let you move and treat you like an enemy or second class citizen if you want to um, make decisions for you and your baby that they don't agree with, you know? So I just felt like that's that's not a place for me, you know, or my baby or where I feel safe at all, actually, unless I had an emergency. Um, because I can tell you what, the I overdosed three times in my life prior and my life was saved. I flatline died by by medical professionals, you know, EMS. I am grateful for that. I would never say I'm not. I'm I'm truly grateful for that there's a place for it, you know? And with birth, I didn't feel like that. So we were praying. We um, got got led to a birthing center because, you know, I didn't know anything. Um, I was like, we had this apartment and I, we were like, well, let's just try a freestanding birthing center that it's not associated with the hospital. Let's go check it out. And, um, and that's what we did with her. Um, the pregnancy was just great. I mean, it was joyful. I bonded with her so much. I went on walks. I was, you know, reading scripture over her. My husband was praying over my belly. I, I this is weird, but I, I love being pregnant. It comes with its like hardships, but I have so much joy in it, you know? And, um, and yeah, and then we, um, I watched The Business of Being Born. It's like everyone watched that, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's a good one. It's a classic. I don't even know how I stumbled across that. Because let me tell you, I I don't have Facebook or Instagram or anything. And like, you know, the, the home birth community is so big. Yeah. So I was like kind of shooting in the dark. Like I, I knew it was happening, but I don't even know how I found that video. 
but we watched it and we were like, oh yeah, like not shocked. Like we knew this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Also, like what's so incredible about this is it, you know, your decisions, like, like you said, it was truly discernment and truly guidance outside of yourself because you weren't using social media to find these things. You weren't, you know, being bombarded with them on Instagram. This was totally separate from that. Yeah, it was. And, you know, so I just wanted to learn about birth. I had like a desire like to learn about it. And um, I, I read plenty of books, The Anime Guide to Childbirth, Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. I read um, Natural Immune Development by Mary Toko, I think you pronounce it. That's a really good one. We, Me and my husband took like a peaceful birthing class. Um, my um, In the midwifery model of care, like I just – I love it. It's what I need. It's what like all of us women need, you know? It's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So you – you found these this freestanding birth center. Um, you guys went. Was that was that at the beginning of your pregnancy that you found that and decided on that path? Yeah, it was pretty soon. I was like ten or eleven weeks. Yeah. So you find them and you started seeing them. What was that care like? Yeah. Um, like I said, I loved it because you, the midwifery model of care, they want to get to know you. They want to build a relationship with you. They want to meet your family. They, you know, if if you have kids and stuff, you know, I didn't at the time, but they're, it's so much more than just like in and out. Did you get your vaccines? You know, stuff like this and making you feel like less than, I don't know. It It's not like that at all. It's just like, how are you? What's going on? What are you struggling with? What's your story? You know, they get to know you. They're, they also were so like the informed consent. I was huge about that. And, you know, before they touch you, they're like, "I'm, can I lift up your shirt? You know, it's not like you're just treated like this animal. And um, I really enjoyed that. And they wanted to include the husband. Like, he's a part of the birth. You know, he's my huge support system at the birth. And so, yeah, the care was great. That's amazing. So how did that pregnancy unfold? And then, And then we'll get into labor. Yeah. So like I said, the pregnancy was just really great, really joyful. Um, and now towards the end, like I'm like 36 week, um, Grace was still breach. And I'm like, how is she breach? I've done like everything, you know, I felt so bad. And I had a lot of anxiety about it because this birth center particularly was like, we can't deliver her if she's breach, you know? So I, I was like, what are my options? Um, I tried everything naturally to get her to flip. I'm like laying upside down on the ironing board, putting ice packs like down by my stomach, like playing music down there, just doing everything. Um, And I did seek chiropractic care towards the end with my next one. I did it the whole time. But, you know, so it was it was hard when you kind of do it at the end. But so she I um, the ECV was an option. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What is this? Like, I just felt so out of control. I had to go up to the U of M at, cause we prayed about it and we said, we're going to try the ECV because the alternative possibly could just be straight to a C-section. That's what the OBs were telling me. And I mean, I was devastated and I didn't plan for this. And I I've, I've learned from this experience, you know, I wasn't expecting for me to get a C-section. Everything was going to go perfect, you know, but preparing for it in the event that something happened, you know. So anyways, we go to the ECV and I was terrified. Like just even getting there and everyone's mask and all these strangers. I I do really bad in like the hospital environment. I start shaking. I get anxious. I, I just don't feel safe. And then they go, so do you want the epidural? And we were like, me and my husband look at each other and we're just like, wait, what? We weren't even told that that would be something you need. Or do you know what I'm saying? Like it threw us so off. We weren't able to think about it or contemplate or pray or nothing. They're like, it's not like a birth epidural. It's like whatever. It's kind of lighter or something. 
and and we had like fear and and we were like okay i guess like if it's that bad like man um and i never knew i would have this reaction but i had a bad reaction to the epidural they gave me terrible uh, and i i knew the effects like what an epidural could do but like I said, I just didn't think it would happen to me. And I wasn't given the informed consent. Now we're going to do this epidural. This could happen or this. What do you, you know, um, my heart rate dropped, baby's heart rate dropped. I started looking at everyone and I was like, I feel like I'm dying. Like I can't, like I felt like I was going away. They pumped me, injected me with adrenaline. My there, 10 people rushed in. My husband was like, are you guys going to tell me what's going on to my wife? Because they just completely ignored him like he was a bystander. They're like, yeah, if her heart rate and the baby's heart rate doesn't go up, it's going to be a C-section. And um, I was just like, this was all happening around me and it was so chaotic. And I just told my husband, can you start like saying scripture in my ear? Can you speak scripture to me? And um, he was he was repeating that I can do all things through Christ. And they got me whatever back to normal <laughs> and I couldn't feel anything. And it was so disturbing. I didn't like how I couldn't feel my feet and everything. And, but I'm telling you, they flipped her. <laughs> and I said, praise God that she was flipped. And I left there. I left the hospital with trauma. Like I was shaking for a day and it just was terrible. And, um, but through that all, I still see God's grace like working through that whole situation. Like she was flipped and it was a hard experience, but I was praying the whole pregnancy, whatever I have to do mentally, physically, spiritually to prepare for this birth, like I'll do it. I, I don't care. And um, in a sense, I almost feel like this did prepare me because it was like devastating. It was hard to endure and it was a struggle, but I learned through it and I built my faith through it. And um. And then we were back at the birth center able to have the baby. Yeah, that's that is so incredible <laughs> that it did work. I'm so sorry for the stress of that though. I mean, that just that sounds like that was really really a hard situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But probably very reaffirming of choosing the birth center. Like <laughs> yes. not going to give birth to the girl. Yes, it was. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, totally. <laughs> so how, many, how many weeks long did you say that you were when you had the ECB? I think about 38 weeks. Okay. Like it was so, so close. Yeah, yeah. So you had that. And then what was the rest like up into labor? Yeah, I, I had peace again after that. Like I just had peace and calmness and I'm like, I know this baby's going to come when she's ready. And we were just resting around the house. You know, I, I didn't have other kids. So I was like being able to lay around all day and stuff. And, you know, I was walking and things like that. But so my, um, labor just started like a couple days before the due date, estimated due date normal. I did nothing. I feel like, I don't know. I was drinking red raspberry leaf and I ate some pineapple. I don't know if that really worked, you know, but <laughs> yeah. And so it just started in the middle of the night. I think it might've been September 30th. She was born October 1st. So like the day before that, it was like 11 or midnight. I went to the bathroom and I seen the bloody show and like bits of my mucus plug and my body was like, okay, you're in labor. Like I was always like, how am I going to know when I'm in labor? It's like, you know, <laughs> you don't, you know, I was reading stuff and trying to prepare and that's great to learn, but like, you know, so I knew the mistake I did was not resting when I knew it was early labor. Cause I didn't know. I'm like, is this going to like happen now or what? And, um, so yeah, I stayed up. I did not sleep. And we went into the birth center at like 6 a.m. Cause I'm like, I feel like these are like getting stronger. And, you know, we drove there and it was like a 35 minute drive and they're like, and, and I asked, I was like, yeah, you can check me. I asked them to check me actually. And I was at like a three or a four and they're like, yeah, you're not. I was like calm. My contraction stopped. And so I went home and I was like, okay, yeah. And it was still going great. And, um, then things like really picked up when I got home, I, I ate some food, 
my husband like turned on this was so silly but he turned on a ninja turtle movie he was like i watched this when i was younger let's watch this and i just it was a funny part of my um birth that i'll never forget and i was like laying there and just laughing and just going through the contractions and um things started getting intense a bit and I was like, okay, I can't watch Ninja Turtles. Like I want to go in the room and like breathe and rest. And, um, yeah. And my husband was playing music through the, um, laboring process and that was peaceful. And so it, it picked up really quick. And then I was, well, it started getting more intense and I was like, I had no idea how long this would go, you know, and I, I started having like anxiety and fear and doubts, you know, because it was my first time. I didn't know. And I was like, Dustin, I don't know if like I can do this. Am I going to have to go to the hospital? And how long is this going to last? How how much harder is it going to get, you know? And that's when we called my midwife and doula and they're like, you sound like you're in like pretty active labor. Like you need to come here. <laughs> And and so we drove there and we drove there and we were just praying and just speaking scripture out loud because, you know, we felt like an oppression, like, you know, from the enemy, like trying to fill us with anxiety and fear. But we were like, no. And we just, I can do all things through Christ. That was like a big scripture in that labor and pregnancy. And we were just praising God and thanking him and and, um, trusting in him. And we got there. Um, and little did I know, I guess I was having back labor. I had no idea. I'm like, this is just like, doesn't feel good. You know, (laughs) like I know (laughs) I couldn't get comfortable, like in any position. And they checked me. I'm at an eight, you know, and just things were pretty intense, but like, it wasn't what they say it was like, you know, how it's like the fear mongering of birth. It was just like intense, but I had all these women around me, my husband, like pouring water on my back saying, you can do this mama. Like, what do you need? The lights were dim. People were talking calmly. It wasn't like an emergency thing. Like I felt nurtured, safe and taken care of. And, um, you know, um, the birth was a little, I would say it was a little long. I don't know. I know first time ones can be a little long, but my baby, first off, she was breached, but she got flipped. Then I'm having back labor. Like she was like facing the wrong way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't get comfortable. And then I was in the birth pool, but I'm like, I'm just like not comfortable. And so I got on the bed, which that's funny, but I got on the bed and I felt like comfort there, which is weird because like I'm on my back, right? And my feet are up like, but whatever. I don't know if she turned at that point and I was just having a easier part of it. But um, yeah, so I was on my back and I started to just feel pushy, you know, and I pushed. I feel like I pushed for a while. I wish I, looking back now, I wish I would have got up to try a different position at this point. But I pushed for a while and they put the mirror down there and I started to like see my baby though. And I was just like, whoa. And that just gave me the push. I was drinking protein smoothies, like eating honey. Like it was getting me through, you know, because I was getting exhausted. Like I was like telling yeah, them. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm just like, how much longer is this, guys? Because I'm like utterly exhausted, like feel like I'm going to fall to the ground, but you can't. You're in the most just labor. It's such an experience, you know? <laughs> um, And, you know, after pushing for a while, like she came out and my husband caught her. I didn't tear. Yeah. And man, I just, she latched right away and it was just the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. Like birth, when people say it's the, I'm just like, how is it the, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever been there. And my husband was such a good spiritual like leader through it all and support in my doulas and midwives. And yeah. That's incredible. Wow. And that was in like during like major COVID times, right? It would have been 20, you got pregnant in 2019. It would have been 2020. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yeah, so that – but you were safe from that, <laughs> it sounds like, in the birth center where you had 
regular support and yeah care. they wore masks which was like okay whatever but we didn't yeah. wear them during our birth or nothing but yeah me and my husband were literally like we felt we were never affected by covid like in a sense you know like we just had peace and lived our life still you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's amazing so okay so that was grace and she she was born and then what was motherhood like from that point you know what was your early motherhood and then into getting pregnant again yeah absolutely um and I I've I want to say I love the recent interviews you've been doing they're just like so good and a big thing I've been hearing a lot is like the preg the birth is like the catapult into motherhood it's huge yep it's huge I loved motherhood. I loved breastfeeding. I had an in-home lactation consultant set up, which was huge for me because I knew nothing about breastfeeding. I never, I also don't have my mother in my life. Um, so I did struggle with feeling alone and like, I, I had a really hard time postpartum with hormones and emotions when my milk came in. But like, I'm telling you, I just felt God's love and his, um, he was teaching me everything truly, like everything that I lacked. Mm. Yeah. That's incredible. That's so amazing. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, especially about, you know, this fact that how we give birth can, can so deeply influence how we experience motherhood. And when I think of your pregnancy and all that you did in terms of preparation, um, it's just, it's so beautiful to see how that paid off. You know, you, Mm -hmm. you were so thoughtful about how you were proceeding. You were so discerning. You were, um, truly considering what was being told to you, you know, how, how were you supposed to go about this? And then to be able, I mean, isn't there such confidence in that where it's like, Mm -hmm. I know that I can ask and it's going to be provided. I know mm-hmm. that I can trust what I'm being told. Um, and and carrying that into motherhood, I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, and it does give you that confidence in motherhood. And you don't have to, like, run to Google, run to everyone for, like, your solution and how to mother and how to, you know, like it. Like mm-hmm. the Lord, he does provide it. He provides that comfort, that teaching. Um, yeah. Mm. So, so you have, um, your early postpartum and then you're a mother of one. How was it when you became pregnant with your second? Yeah. So with my second, I, Grace was about a year and three months and I, I wanted to, I wanted to wait till at least after a year, just cause I didn't want it to affect like nursing, you know, and, having to like use formula or something. So that was just our decision we wanted to make. And so around one year and three months, I got pregnant. Um, and I never stopped nursing. I, I nursed her the whole pregnancy. I'm, I still nurse them both. Um, so that's been great. Yeah. That's amazing. Thanks. Um, So that pregnancy then, what was that like? Yeah, honestly, I, I loved this pregnancy too. It was really great. Um, there was, I, I t- like I said, um, I nursed Grace the whole time. And that was just so special to me because like I wanted to continue to give her what she needed for health and nurturing and, and like mothering at the breast, you know, all these things that are true. And um, trying to think. Yep. And then I, I started reading some books like t- Advan- Adventures in Tandem Nursing Uh, doing my walks, chiropractor care, like from the beginning, even before my pregnancy, it was a game changer. Yeah. And I know you like that one. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm a believer. Yep. And, um, yeah. And that was great. Like I was going like once every week at one point and it was just such a big help and, you know, just praying over this pregnancy too. And, and we, um, at this point, we're at our home that we're in now, and we're like, wow, yeah, home birth. You know, we have a home. We, you know, the birth center went really well, um, 
And so, yeah, we started looking into home birth midwives near us. And um, so we started, I, I called one, we went in to meet her and it was just, she was so awesome. Like we know, we knew when we met her, we're just like, you're awesome. And she was also like a believer. And that's just like, that was, that's great. Like that's, I was so happy about that. It was, it was so special. Yeah. So she was a believer, very holistic, like model of midwifery too. And, and like at the birth center, they were really like holistic too. But like, even after birth, they're like, do you want vitamin K? Do you want the eye ointment? I always declined that, you know, but like she didn't like do any of that, you know, they're just like home birth midwives. Um, and also what I like about just home birth in general, because our family, we don't vaccinate our children and they are so supportive of it. You know, um, my kids have never been vaccinated at all. And in the hospital, and I've never been vaccinated during pregnancy with anything. And at the hospital, you, I, you just get treated so differently. If you don't do that, you have to like, watch who's touching my baby. What are they doing? What did they give them? You have to like protect your baby. And, and, um, yeah, so that's what I love. All of our like things that we believe in and do, like they align more with midwifery care, you know, and, my kids are so healthy and thriving and their immune system is so robust and they're so intelligent. And you compare them with other children like, you know, and you're like, wow, like what they tell you is a lie, you know. And um, the medical freedom movement is getting pretty big. Mothers are waking up. I, I mean, I was vaccine injured. I have family that's been vaccine injured, you know, when we were younger. Oh. And... <laughs> Exactly. And so people are waking up, the truth's getting out. And, um, you know, mothers are talking about this. Mothers know what's best for their babies, you know, and the pediatricians and all these people, they're paid big money to get your kid, oh, fully vaccinated, they get a big cash. And then the vaccine companies, they're not even held liable. If your kid dies or gets injured from vaccines, they are not, they have no liability. Like they're completely protected. It's people like me and you who have to pay or our husbands that pay tax dollars to these families that have been injured and hurt and you never hear about it. It's not talked about. So that was just huge for us. Cause that's not, it's just not something little that's big. And, um, so yeah, the the our midwife was just on board with everything with that and we we're just so grateful, you know. And so my pregnancy's going along. It's a really good pregnancy. You know, at, towards the end it starts getting like harder, you know, cuz I'm running around with a toddler. Like I'm exhausted yeah. and yeah, and it's like she's not even 2, you know. It was like she was a year and three months when I got pregnant. I'm, I'm really tired and we don't have much family. And, but you know, it, we just, like I said, God's grace, just all, always through it. I tell you. And, um, so yeah, I'm, my pregnancy pretty good. And, um, towards the end of the pregnancy, I love how the home birth midwife came to my home. That was just amazing. Yeah. That is so special. Yep. So she started coming to our home and, and that was just huge. And we were just getting so close with her and she was getting close with Grace and, um, they just, it was just great. And, um, so to the labor part and no positioning, nothing was wrong with positioning, nothing, just normal pregnancy. It it was, I felt like it was actually easier, you know? Um, wow. yeah, it was. And, um, even though I was taking care of a toddler, I just didn't have to go through all that stress of like the breach and the ECV and everything. And so we're just waiting, you know, um, a week before her like estimated due date, I started getting Braxton Hicks like all day almost. They they had no pain, but my stomach would tighten up. And it makes sense too, because like I was nursing too. And after I would nurse, like they would get a little more intense. But I was always yeah. excited because, yeah, I'm like, my body's just, it knows what it's doing. 
like it's preparing for birth, you know. Um, I was doing like hip dips and stuff and just whatever, taking it easy. Um, so I went into labor a, a day before my estimated due date. And now with this pregnancy, I, I was praying and I kept feeling like this birth was going to be like peaceful and joyful and, but like redemptive too. And I'm like, okay, but your, your will be done, Lord. Like (laughs) I would love that, you know? Um, but your will be done. And, and, um, so yeah, I went into labor about a day before my estimated due date and I had like this worry about Grace being up for the birth. Like I was like, cause she was so sensitive to like any kind of reaction I had of like being uncomfortable. She'd be like, mama, mama, you know? So I was just a little nervous. She was, she's sensitive. I hope she's at my next birth, but, um, you know, I, I was trying to control things like when she's going to be up and this and that, but I just was like, you know, I trust you, Lord. Like I'm going to birth this baby, whether Grace is up or not, like it is what it is. Um, so it's funny how that plays into it, but, um, it was about 6 a.m. I woke up. I had actual like sensations of contractions. Like they felt like something this time. I was like, okay, this could go on all day though. I mean, labor might start tomorrow. Um, and they stopped around like 8 a.m. And then my husband went to work because <laughs> I was like, I don't know when this is going to start. And um, around like 11 or 12, they started up and they were actually, they weren't like stopping, you know, and they felt a little more like intense, you know, and I was playing with Grace and I was like, okay, I'll just keep an eye on this. You know, I start like breathing through them a little. I eat some salmon, rice and like vegetables. I'm like, I need to get like geared up just in case this thing starts. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, so Grace, I, I took her for a nap. I took her upstairs to take her for a nap. It was about 1 p.m. And my mother-in-law was here at this point. She was staying with us, helping us, which was such a blessing. Um, I didn't want to be alone if I went into labor with Grace. And so she was there. It was it was a blessing. And she went upstairs with me. And I was just like leaning over the sink. And I'm like, they're like getting a little intense, but I don't know. I just didn't see a a complete pattern, you know? Um, so I take her in to nap and I was like, Oh, when I nurse her, like stuff's probably going to get intense, you know? And so, um, I nursed her really quick, like threw her in bed and like gave her some books and ran out because I felt one coming on. And right when I shut her door, I went to my hands and knees and, um, I was like, it's on like, this is, this is labor. It's happening today. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Um, and so I go in my room and I'm like, I need to rest. Um, but after a few minutes, they were just getting pretty intense. Like I said, it was one o'clock. Baby was born at like 449. So that was like the time. My labor start, I feel like it started at one o'clock when I shut her door. Like no kidding. Because everything before that was just like, eh, you know. And um, so my mother-in-law, I'm like, bring my Bible, bring the birth ball. Like I need to get in my zone, you know. And um, I kept like not thinking I was like in like active labor or whatever. You know, I was just like, man, I have so much time still, whatever. Didn't even call my husband yet. But my mother-in-law's like, you, I know, <laughs> she's like, you should call Dustin. Like, aren't you going to call your midwife? Like, she was timing the contractions on the app because I couldn't even do that. I'm like, please do it for me. And um, <laughs> so I call my husband and I'm like, I think you need to come home. Like, I, I, I do need you. And he's like, okay, I'm on my way. And um, and I call my midwife and I was breathing through a contraction and she was just like, we, she just didn't think it was that intense. And she's like, well, yep. Just, I was like, I don't know if it's really like active. I'll call you in a little, if things pick up, <laughs> we hung up the phone. And then like literally after like 10 minutes or something, or I don't remember how long, but it was pretty soon after we called her and we're like, 
okay, you need to come. My husband's on his way. Like things are getting intense. Like, you know, when it changes from like that to when it's intense, like I'm like, okay. And she came and she, she was on her way. And the funny thing is she didn't even bring the other midwife because she like wanted to get here to see how it was. She was convinced like I wasn't in super like active labor because how calm I was on the phone. And, um, this labor was amazing. Like I, it truly felt easy. I know that might make some people mad. I'm not, labor is hard work. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, yeah, but compared to Grace's labor in the back labor and it was so long and this was just like amazing. I was on my hands and knees like most of the time. And that was just my spot, like my hands and knees, all four. That's what felt comfortable. And I was just like getting through it, breathing. And I just kept through the contractions. I kept saying, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. And that's what was like just giving me the strength to get through it. I was like, I trust you. My husband got there. We went for a short little walk, like around our like horseshoe driveway. We're like out in a farm community. And, um, that made everything even more intense. And I was like, we need to go inside. Like, I can't even do this. Um, the midwife got there and I was close to having my baby. She like got here 35 minutes or so before the baby was born. So that's where like I was at when she got there. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I know. And it wasn't cause it just went by so quick and we just didn't know it was happening so fast. Um, she got there and I was on my hands and knees and I was just kind of like, this is like really intense. You know, I just need some encouragement. And and she just was like, she just looked at me in the face and she's like, you can do this mama. And I just, it was just so comforting. And, and I felt so safe, you know, and my, my husband and my mother-in-law were like setting up the birth pool. Cause like none of that was set up, you know, and they're like running around doing this while I'm like on the ground, like I'm starting to like roar through my contractions at this point. And I love that because I was like breathing through them and like really calm. But then when it hit an an intensity part of my labor, I'm like literally breathing in and then roaring out like deep groans. And it was just beautiful. (laughs) And um, that's how I got through them. And and then um, right before I got in the pool when I had her, I was just really feeling the pressure and I'm like, this baby's about to come. I'm like kind of squatting to like get it going, you know, and I get on the bed on all fours and my midwife start, my husband's in front of me. My midwife starts like shaking my hips like vigorously because I was like feeling a lot of pressure and I'm just like, she better be in the right position. And, and all I know is that like just felt amazing. Like, I just didn't even feel like the pain of the contraction, nothing. I was like, keep doing that. (laughs) She's just like vigorously shaking my hips. And this was a weird picture. My mother-in-law like walked in. I'm like basically naked. You know, my midwife's behind me. My husband's like in the front breathe. Yeah. (laughs) um, Then I'm like, when is this baby coming? Do I need to be checked? And she's like, nope. I see like she was talking about some line that she could see and she knows the baby's about to come out. And me and my husband were just like, wow, it's just so quick. And I got in the pool and that was amazing that I wasn't like poked, prodded, checked, nothing. Got in the pool, literally had another contraction or two. And then I literally pushed like two or three times. This baby just came out. And no, barely no blood. I didn't tear. And before I pushed her out, I was praising the Lord so much and just saying, Lord, thank you for these inspired midwives. Thank you for everything you've done in our life. Thank you for delivering me from addiction and the bondage of sin and death. And um, that's why I feel like this was a redemptive birth because what Jesus did on the cross and what he did to release us from the bondage of sin and death and all these things, he heals us. He restores us. And this birth was that. It was more healing, more restoration, more all these things that I want to feel as a mother. Like if those birth experiences were taken away from me and I didn't feel those, 
you know, that would have been crazy. Like I had so much healing through those experiences as a woman, things I went through in my childhood. And it just, just so healing in ways you could never describe. And I'm so glad I never fell for the fear and the societal pressure of do it this way, do that. You know, um, I just relied on the Lord and his understanding, you know, and, um, so it's just all a shadow of like what Jesus did for us. I feel like in his redemptive, like healing, restoring power. And that's just like the theme of our life. And, um, yeah. And then we just got on my bed and, you know, nurse, she latched, we brought Grayson. They, I was nursing them both. And, um, it was just so beautiful. And, you know, the placenta was just sitting there attached while we're nursing. We weren't rushed. And um, I was nursing them both. And I was just so grateful. And it was so beautiful. I'm in my own bed, my own comfort of my own home. These midwives were so loving, so encouraging, cleaning up everything. What do you need? Bringing me food. Um, and even my mother-in-law, it was funny because she was like, how much does the baby weigh? What's this? What's that? You know, and we're just like, we haven't weighed her yet. Like she, and she's a believer now for home birth. She's like, I, I'd never, I'd always recommend home birth, but like we, yeah, we weren't rushing away the baby. You know what I mean? It was just like, we're just bonding and chilling with our baby and she'll get weighed even if it's 30 minutes, hour from now. And yeah, it was just beautiful. Gabrielle, I just feel like your entire story um, just really highlights the good gifts that God wants to give us and the way that you so openly received with gratitude and just like, thy will be done (laughs) kind of attitude. Um, And just the way that I know that has blessed your family tremendously. And I mean, just the dramatic change that you're making when you say, you know, you came from dysfunction and here you are setting up this unshakable solid foundation for your children that began with pregnancy that was solidified in birth. Um, And now, you know, you get to just revel in that (laughs) glory as a mother. Uh, I just, I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude for you for sharing this story. Um, and just for the ability to, to say like, wow, like look what Jesus did. Like that is Mm -hmm. so incredible. Um, so Gabrielle, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for letting me share with you and your listeners. I've been a listener for like a year. Like I said, I've been listening to your podcast my whole second pregnancy. And I'm just, I I love all the stories and it's a great encouragement. Whoa. Has your world been absolutely rocked by Gabrielle's story? It sure rocked mine in the best way. What a humbling and beautiful example of the gospel. Just so, so incredible. I'm so grateful for Gabrielle for sharing. As we enter our episode roundup, I have three big points that I wanted to cover. So the first one is that God makes messy things beautiful. If you listen to the kids band Slugs and Bugs, he's got, Randall Goodgame's got a really great uh, song about that called God Makes Messy Things Beautiful. But I've seen it time and time again in my own life in the lives of others, and how clearly was this put on display in Gabrielle's story. Gabrielle shares how she overdosed, she flatlined three times, died, and yet now is a whole new reborn creation who is pointing others to her savior. What a beautiful testimony. And next, I think it's so incredible to see how the life experiences that she's had of dysfunction, of severe struggle, She's used those to change the paradigm for her own family. Gabrielle and her husband are taking their children down an entirely new path, one that's functional, one that's full of love and of grace. And lastly, I just want to share about the beauty in Gabrielle's decision-making. Despite the fact that she is off of social media and thus not being bombarded with pretty home birth images, She prayed for discernment and knew that what she wanted for her babies 
was different from the conventional path. I just find it so powerful that Gabrielle trusted and obeyed and had two beautiful girls in a way that empowered her and granted her confidence in motherhood. How incredible is all of this? All right, my friends, that is all that I've got for you for today. Make sure that you're following along on Instagram to learn more about the Home Birth Collective in the coming weeks, and I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast. 